Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Some new data here, and we'll take a peek at the numbers. The uh, manufacturing in the United States is, uh, is building. The ISM number up here, that's the Institute of Supply Management, came in well again. Uh, anytime it's above 50, that's a positive number, and it's been well above 50 for quite a while. The difference is this ISM number came in very broad-based around the country. It was everywhere. It wasn't just airplanes out of Seattle. It was everything. Uh, very positive for U.S. manufacturing. An update on GDP, we're at 2.2, and we actually got the PCE, the personal consumption indicator, at 2%. The Fed's target all along was they wanted 2%, and they finally got it. Happy day. I don't think inflation is reflected very much in prices of anything other than summer gasoline, but it's a good number. Unemployment back down to 3.8. I think there's a reasonable chance we might see 3.5 by the end of the year. More on that later. And crude is coming down. I understand that the new rig count in the United States went up right with the price of oil. As soon as it went above 70, a lot of people were out there looking for it. That is going to be the trend in the future. The two big global oil suppliers, Saudi Arabia and Russia, are interested in opening the tap back up and getting back in the cash flow business. Two of the OPEC members who really need the money desperately don't want it. They hope that oil is going to go back over $100 a barrel. That's Venezuela and Iran. I don't think they're going to get their wish anyway. June 13th, Federal Reserve is very likely going to raise rates. Cost of funds right now is $1.75. It'll be 2, 2% 2 by 13. We'll probably see 2 and a quarter again, maybe 2.5 by the end of the year. So all of these fixed income numbers, the 10-year, the 30-year, 30-year mortgages, are going to go back up. We enjoyed a brief little bond rally. It was great. It's not going to endure. Now, the United States economy is showing signs of warming up. Certainly not overheating, but it's warming up. And the Federal Reserve is right on top of it. We've been anticipating a lot of this for quite some time, and it starts right here. This is average hourly earnings and the amount of companies that are, in fact, increasing compensation to their employees. It's a big number. It's getting bigger all the time. Hourly earnings are up. Employees are getting paid more. And about 35% of all businesses out there right now are increasing compensation. Now, there we are. Now, the result of that is this. Uh, personal savings rate is down. People aren't worried about losing their jobs. They're not spending money on very conservative things, putting their money in coffee cans or bank accounts. You notice the consumer sentiment number there in the blue in the top. Well, they're out spending. That's a positive trend. One of the reasons the economy is heating up. Now, one of the reasons all these workers are enjoyed and out spending and feel good about their jobs and not worried about losing them is this. And this is sort of an unusual occurrence. It's kind of a flip the way it normally is. These are unfulfilled orders. And there's a lot of them out there. 
the entire supply chain in the U.S. supplying everything to everybody who manufactures something are tight. They're working hard. Everything is running a little bit tight, so there's a lot of unfulfilled orders. You look for more people or increase your productivity in a situation like this, and it's not going away in a hurry. It took a couple of years to get like this, and it'll take a couple, if not three or more, to solve it. It's good if you're a working person in the economy. Now, this is from the Federal Reserve in Atlanta. They have a number of responsibilities, and one of them is that they do a lot of GDP projections. They have always been the source of where we think gross domestic product is going to be in the United States this quarter, the next quarter, and where they are now with their new algorithm and how they're calculating those numbers right now is they're looking at second quarter GDP in the fours. We're at 2.2 right now. In my opinion, that's something of a reach, but it's possible. That's how well the economy is moving along. It doesn't matter if they're really accurate about this projection. What does matter is they're very optimistic and generally they look for reasons to be optimistic and they've been finding them. This, however, is Europe. Europe is not nearly as optimistic. They have some issues. If you keep track of some things, Italy approached the European Central Bank last week and said, gee, would you, would you write off 250 billion euros in debt and we'd appreciate it. That was met with a thud, uh, likely not to happen. So there was something of a bond crisis in Italy, and that's not going away. It's been a couple of years since this has come to the surface. And Italy is going to be the next issue for the ECB. That doesn't mean everything's falling apart there, but most of the members of the ECB, especially these four, and the euro area as a whole, don't like the word tariff. They are exporting nations, and tariffs are bad news. So this is kind of what's been happening in the markets. Over here on the left is the S&P 500, trying to recover a little bit from kind of a flat year, but it's been moving up as we notice what's going on in manufacturing in the U.S. Over here on the right are basically the all-country index, and it's not doing great. Uh, it isn't collapsing. There isn't tragedies out there. But it's difficult to tell whether a lot of these international positions are diminishing for a reason for long term or heading into a big correction or they're just going on sale. We'll be watching that very closely, but they aren't doing that great. Now, tariffs. Been discussions about NAPFA going on for quite some time under this one of the first things this new administration did. And they still go on. One of the biggest issues about NAPFA, and many of you know this, is the scale of the issue is kind of skewed to one side. The United States imports 82% of everything Mexico produces and 77% of Canada. You have to wonder who the important customer is in that relationship. They're important trading partners for a lot of reasons. They buy some stuff from us. But the United States is 25% of world's GDP, and most of that is consumption. We're not an exporting nation, we're a consuming nation. So we're everybody's customer. 
Well, Mexico's 1.7, Canada's 1.4. They have a scale issue with us, and that's going to be part of the discussions with, with NAPFA. But this list here, and I imagine it's hard to read for some, oh. there's the list of people who sell us stuff. China, Canada, Mexico, Germany, the list goes on and on. They are all exporters. They sell us stuff. Every time the word tariff comes up, it's bad news for them because forget what the media tells you, the idea of a tariff or a charge you put on something brought in from overseas is it equalizes the prices here domestically. Now, since China joined the World Trade Organization 15, 16 years ago, they have been the low-cost producer in almost everything in the globe, steel, aluminum, clothes, shoes, components, everything. Well, they have very, very cheap labor, dollar a day for a lot of them, and it allows you to be cheap. So it's hard for a, for example, a steel manufacturer in Akron, Ohio, to compete with a steel manufacturer in China when labor is one, 50th of what it is here. So that's been going on a long time and it's generated a lot of wealth in China and Germany and Canada and Mexico. Well, it's just come to a head. Uh, it's come to a head because the U.S. economy is doing so well. We have great interest rates, Federal Reserve is on top of things, and it's politically part of the program right now. So if a ton of steel comes in from China, it costs $100. They put a tariff on it, maybe change it to $115, $120 for that same ton. That $120 is very likely close, if not right on, where a steel manufacturing plant in Akron, Ohio can produce it. If that's the case, the purchaser, and most of them are in the U.S., where are they going to buy their steel? Well, many of them are going to buy it in Akron, Ohio, and give the opportunity for those plants in Ohio to expand, to modernize, hire a couple of people, but buy it here, not there. That's just what they don't want. Same for Germany, same for all of them. They all build components to be part of the supply chain for what goes on in the U.S., and they want to lose their customer. That's the purpose of tariffs. Forget everything else. It will probably be positive for the U.S. economy as a whole, depending upon how this plays out. The consumer will pay a little more. You'll pay a little bit more because they're equalizing the price with the tariff. Right now, the consumer is pretty wealthy. They have money. They have an inclination to spend. There's a lot of potential infrastructure projects out there, so on and so forth. This is a good time to do a price adjustment. So fundamentally, we're very long-term positive on the U.S. economy. I think more and more stuff is going to come here. And a lot of these trade imbalances are going to be, well, corrected. All in all, it's fine. I am optimistic. I have a variety of reasons to be optimistic. The one thing about this entire process that is 
something to clarify. The United States is the only country on earth, literally the only country on earth, that has all the components to be nearly self-sufficient. We have space, we have access to the oceans, we have great infrastructure, we've got a well-educated workforce, we have a fair amount of workers, we have lots of money, lots of capital, innovation, a good legal system, it goes on and on and on. Not to mention that we're also one of the few countries on earth that could feed itself. So you take all that and you have a good long-term outlook. Now this morning, the investment committee, my partner Eileen Sharkey, in her way, pops up a question. Well, things are looking great. Where are we gonna get the workers to do this new work? Good question. Canada and Mexico are a good source of these new workers, which is a huge part of the NAFTA negotiations. That's more of a political arena right now. Fundamentally, we're looking at the international positions. We may change or we may not. It depends on how things unravel in the next couple of months. Fed is gonna raise on June 13th, that's fine. Uh, mortgages still probably won't be in the fives for a while yet. The rest of it, uh, it looks pretty good. Now, if you have any questions, email them or your comments to info at shwj.com and we'll address them in the next Inside the Economy. Well, thanks for joining me and I'll chat with you next time.